In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Tugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. 2011. I have to say, these past couple of weeks, I've missed this show. I've missed the connection with everybody on the backside of the show, the production end and the guests, and just sort of integrating out into the world and sprinkling a little happiness fairy dust out there. Um, I am here today with a very, very interesting and lovely guest to talk about the concept of shame and forgiveness and release. And this is an interesting thing to think about as we, as we embark on a new year and what that means and how we set intentions, goals, and resolutions for ourselves. I'd like to read to you something that Kimberly Trapp, our guest from my3things.org, has written. Um, and then we'll get right to it and bring her in. Shame and guilt have a profound effect on all of our lives. These painful and destructive emotions thrive in the endless stream of things we hold against ourselves. They show up in our memories, thoughts, behaviors, opinions, beliefs, values, relationships. The list goes on and on. Communication alone has the power to bring awareness, understanding, and healing into our lives. Why, then, do we choose to suffer in silence? We worry we will be abandoned or unloved if people find out who we really are. We worry about possible social consequences if we admit the things we have done. We worry about our parents, friends, children, siblings, lovers, and and bosses will think of us. So we only reveal what we like about ourselves, what we believe others will approve of. We adorn social masks to disguise ourselves, harboring a sad, thin hope that we might please others to win their love and respect. How many of us have done that in the past? All at the expense of living an authentic life. My Three Things is is offering an opportunity to release, heal, and share your story. It's time to unveil, breathe, and break the silence. Open your heart with courage and sincerity. Reveal yourself, all of yourself, and set yourself free. And with that, 
I want to welcome Kimberly Trapp from My3Things.org. Good morning, Kimberly, or good afternoon, I think, in your neck of the woods. Oh, that's right. Good morning, Slash. Good afternoon, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, and Happy New Year to you. Oh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. I you. I just love this project. Be your, your project, um, I think we connected because our projects resonated in very similar ways about... Yes. Um, uh, documenting what really makes people tick. What is the human condition that ties us all together? And my angle mm-hmm. is happiness, and your angle is all about uh, letting go and releasing. And I'm wondering if you could talk about what compelled you, what called you to start this movement. It really is a movement that you're working on. Yes. Well, uh, I was doing a lot of of personal growth work and spiritual work on myself, of course. And I was just running into a brick wall <laughs> with being able to hold on to any forgiveness of others. And, uh, you know, what I would do is work toward forgiving people that I, that I perceived had attacked me or done things to me. Um, and I was caught in a cycle of blame so that I was absolutely unequivocally victimizing myself. And, of course, that was playing out in every facet of my life. And I, I just wasn't able to, to take the reins in my life. I was really kind of on my knees at different points in my life, uh, feeling like I was victimized, so victimized by everything in different circumstances. And then just I started meditating and reading some Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Eckhart Tolle, A Course in Miracles, which has been huge for me. And I really started taking accountability and inner stock and looking at, who I've been and not just what has been done to me, uh, which I was completely gridlocked in, in that blame game of this person did or said that to me and, you know, that's why my life sucks <laughs> or that's why I'm hurting or suffering in certain areas. And the minute I was able to turn that around and look in the mirror and say, wait a minute, who have I been? What have I done? And, and really, it took a while, but once I was really able to gather the courage to look at myself honestly and realize that I myself was accountable and had created many, many of the results, all of the results in my adult life, uh, I was able to release it. And in that release of judgment against myself, finally I was able to release it against others. Finally the, the playing field was level. I was no longer putting myself above someone else by persecuting them and Along with that comes so much peace, and I felt compelled to share that with others. So that's how My3Things.org came about. Well, I want to just touch upon a a word that that you uh, just uttered, which is probably unequivocally the most poignant and powerful word, and that is responsibility. Absolutely. And and it is the responsibility that I have found for one's own behaviors that is the key to all of it. It's the key to happiness. It's the key to releasing judgment. It's the key to having forgiveness. And it's not an easy thing to do, although it is a very simple concept. And um, I think that the work that you're doing with, with the, um, the written submissions and the, the documentary is going to really help people see how much choice plays in, in overall well-being. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and also, uh, Lisa, it's just interesting though, even people who will come across my3things.org, uh, 
you may be surprised to realize that even though the project very clearly states that it's about self-forgiveness, many people will still submit release forms for giving others. And that is how unconsciously gridlocked most of us are into blaming other people for the state of our lives. Yes. And, you know, that the, the, the blame goes on a global level, too. You know, I, I often listen to conversations with people and they blame the uh, like to blame the economy on the political system. They like to blame war on the political system. And yes, there are these are somewhat true. But at the end of the day, when you think of your own war, your war within or your own economic situation within your own local environment, those are very much within one's control, one's own dominion. So oh, absolutely. If- but people like to play victim. You know, that's, that's a common tale. And that's, it's, it's part of the egoic pattern and the unconscious patterns that most of us are locked into. May I share a really empowering quote with you? Yes. This is by Maya Angelou, one of my faves. <laughs> She's amazing. She is amazing. uh, Yeah. So this is like a speaking to, again, releasing the victim. She states, I will not allow anybody to minimize my life. Not anybody. Not a living soul. Nobody. No lover. No mother. No son. No boss. No president. Nobody. Mm. And the interesting thing, this this quote is is, is very meaningful to me because it, it, it definitely was uh, pivotal in, in allowing me to shake awake the, the unconscious victim in myself and become more accountable for, you know, my life and become a creator uh, rather than a follower or, or someone who just sits back and allows the uh, cult mentality of the world, especially the Western world, to reign supreme in, in the choices I make in my life. It's interesting, though, that this quote from Maya, she doesn't name the person who is most responsible for minimizing uh, us, and that's ourselves. Yes. And we do it by allowing others, because always, it's always in our hands. If someone is attempting to minimize us, only we can yield and allow them to. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways, the biggest ways that we minimize ourselves is through the lack of forgiveness and through judging ourselves and because all relationship is mirror if we if you know people most often tend to look outside at their relationships with others if you find you are engaged in relationship with with bosses or lovers or husbands wives children friends colleagues that are relationships based on criticism or superiority or inferiority or blame or or silent suffering, these relationships mirror the relationship that you have with yourself, which is largely unconscious. And that relationship is the relationship that needs to be mended in order for the outside relationships to reflect change and transformation. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I also want to add that that relationship with the self is really, uh, again, a matter of decision. Absolutely. The, the process to get there, to be uh, at peace with oneself, to release and forgive uh, judgments, is a process, but it starts with a decision. And that is the beauty of resolutions. It's once you take that step to um, decide, put the line in the sand, I want to do this differently, then you're already on the path. You're already on the process to getting there. 
And it then becomes the stick to itiveness, the willingness to keep showing up, is what yes. what what really uh, it, it, uh, creates the byproduct or the end result that we're looking for. So this is a it is a process. The re, the release work is one of decision and then one of continual um, a continual process of saying yes, I want to let this go. I don't want to harbor any any bad feelings, any judgments, anything that is going to make me feel ill at ease or in dis ease. Exactly. Just like, just like you promoting and harvesting happiness, that it is a daily choice to choose happiness and to choose a positive outlook. It's okay to forgive yourself if you fall into the hole uh, a day or two. That's, again, we're all, like you said, an, uh, we're on a path, and it is and a process. we are going to break. I'm sorry, Kimberly. We're going to take a break. Okay, great. Sorry. We know that life is tough, and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Be a part of the grateful good. Join us on Wednesday, November 17th for a discussion with the Grateful Nation team. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back, everybody. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, your host at Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here today with Kimberly Trapp of My3Things.org. Kimberly is busily at work at a book and a documentary film 
about personal forgiveness, specifically about forgiving oneself. And welcome back, Kimberly. Oh, thank you, Lisa. And at the break, we were talking about how we can let people know out there how they might participate or check out your project. Okay, well, I invite all of your listeners uh, to go to my3things.org, and there are several different tabs on the site. You can read on the About section to read what we're doing and why, and we're asking people around the world to name three things that they are willing to forgive themselves for. And on the website, there is a release form that people can fill out, and they can submit anonymously if they choose and uh, just write their city where they're from and their sex and their three things and submit. And the submissions that we receive on the website will be included in a book that will be published in the future. And uh, for the documentary, if anybody's interested, we are currently looking for subjects to interview on camera. They can email me at my3things at yahoo.com and contact me in that way. Um, also, if people are interested, we, we have been receiving submissions from people around the world uh, since January of last year when we began this project. So if they would like to read some of the submissions we've received, we posted them in the HEAL section. So on my3things.org, if they click on the HEAL tab, uh, your listeners will be able to view a few of the submissions that we've received. And oftentimes, if people feel blocked or not certain what they want to forgive, they often recognize themselves in other people's releases. Uh, and also that helps uh, them gather the courage to, you know, step forward and, and release for themselves. So uh, that's why we posted those, so people can kind of see the sorts of submissions that we've been receiving. And um, so, so that's it, basically. People can just go on, and there's a short video on there of us interviewing people in Little Five Points in Atlanta. And uh, we do a little blog as well, um, kind of letting people know how we're progressing. And I touch upon different subjects in the spiritual realm and in the personal growth realm as well. Um, so, yeah, we invite people to go on there and, and visit often and invite your friends, <laughs> anybody who, who you feel is in need of release. And uh, it's a safe place to go where people don't need to worry about being judged. It's, it's a really beautiful beginning to step into authenticity and release the social masks that so many people wear, including in their own homes. Um. I have a question for you uh, on a personal note. You have a daughter, if I'm, is that right? Oh, it's a son, yes. A son. And how has your work, this work, impacted your relationship with your son and your son's development? Well, he's, he just turned 12. I know you have a daughter. That's another parallel we have. That you, I know yes. your daughter's and she's involved in, in your project as well. Um, I, he's helped me tremendously, actually, and it's, it's really open really deep doors to our relationship uh, to one another and his development. Um, and I've noticed that it is an intrinsic part of human nature to harbor shame and guilt. It's just part of the egoic construct of humanity at this point in time. So I definitely tend to recognize when it's occurring in my son and what I do when I see it, or I see the seeds of it, is I sit him down and I speak with him about it. Um, and I encourage him to open up. And, of course, it's his choice. 
but I encourage him to speak with me truthfully uh, about his feelings and just having that open forum that I don't judge him for anything he's feeling, experiencing, or any choices that he makes. Uh, just having that open relationship I see creates a strong sense of self-esteem in him that is unshakable, really. Uh, and, and, of course, when he comes home from school, you know, and this or that has happened because he just started middle school, um, it's, it's just an interesting dynamic, whereas I would come home devastated because somebody picked on me. He comes home and says this is happening, that is happening, and he just kind of shrugs it off. Does he share your work with his friends? Do, do his friends know what you're doing? Does he proud of you? Or as a preteen, does he feel, oh, God, this is just mom and her crazy project? Ah, no, he's actually, uh, he's actually involved in it. Um, over the summer, we, we did a little uh, promotional tour in Colorado, and we went to Denver, Colorado Springs, and Boulder promoting the project. And he was a pivotal part of that. Uh, he had... Uh, cards and bumper stickers and different things passing out to people and posting them on bulletin boards. He's, uh, from all things that I can see, he's actually uh, enjoying the work that I do. And, and like I said, I do explain it to him. And, and there are times when I'll let him read releases. I'll say, oh, I just relieved a, received a release from India. Do you want to read it? And he'll, he'll read it. And, and it's just it's just interesting to see how it affects him. All of these, you know, these people are, are releasing these these private, you know, things that have been haunting them. And, you know, there's no need for privacy. I believe privacy and secrecy, especially in teenagers, is one of the biggest problems of the development of, of humanity. I mean, when we teach them that they have to be secretive, which, of course, is synonymous with, with shame, uh, then we're teaching them that it's not okay to be themselves and they're not good enough. And they have to hide parts of themselves in order to be loved and accepted by society at large. And what a disservice we do to ourselves and to our children mm-hmm. by allowing such a construct. What a disservice we do by judging ourselves and, and judging our brothers and sisters like we do. And, and again, it does begin with ourselves in order to, to kind of shine a light on that behavior, that unconscious largely unconscious behavior we have toward each other, it's, it's really so important to shine the light in how we do it to ourselves. Your background prior to doing this project, you're a musician? Yes. And are you, are you still active in the music community? Oh, yes. Yes, I've been a professional singer for about 20 years now, since I was 18. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and how does your voice you know, your singing voice and your emotional voice um, work together to make you more powerful? Well, I think singing was more of a way for me to express what I wasn't able to express when I was younger. So uh, in going into the music industry, I, I, for the most part of my career, I did cover music, uh, other people's music, and... Um, what I would do is, is kind of channel my emotions through the songs I chose and uh, release, emo- you know, heavy emotions that way. And, you know, finally, uh, a few years ago, I composed my own album and really let my own voice out. 
and uh, I released that album in 2007. It's on iTunes under my name, Kimberly Trapp. And I just realized how much, how much pain and suffering and heartbreak there was prevalent in my music. And um, again, with all this, this personal growth work and healing work that I've, I've been doing, and I've, I've attended so many seminars and, and uh, listened to Abraham Hicks, Deepak Chopra, as I said before, Eckhart Tolle, and many, many others, Marianne Williamson, you, you name it. And um, in exposing myself to these different thought patterns, I was able to lighten up what I shared with my music. So definitely the stuff I write now, like I recently composed a, a song for my child, um, for my son Kyle, and it's a beautiful lullaby. So my music is a lot less uh, tormented and <laughs> angsty these days in my performance. And um, I'm just able to do it because I enjoy it and I feel... I feel called. I feel like that is uh, one of my callings, is to, to share uh, a, a talent that I have and also for public speaking. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's really, I used music not so much in that, in that way. It was more to express with a social mask on, with the mask of a, of a performer, to express what I was not able to express um, in my own life behind closed doors or even out in the world, it was just uh, a mask I could put on and, and go out into the world and connect with people with a mask on rather than uh, risking intimacy. Does your uh, audience, your musical audience, know about this project? Are you touching people yes. with, with this work? Absolutely, yes. I, I've brought this project into every area of my life, um, including obviously with my son and, and in my career. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've just integrated, whereas before I would separate, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a single mother, you know, oh, and over here I'm a singer, and over here I'm a, a spiritual seeker, an awareness seeker. You know, I've really come to the point in my life, thankfully, where I have released enough shame and guilt that I've integrated all parts of myself and said, well, this is, this is me. This is the incarnation I'm in right now. So there is a definite blend where there used to be such very, you know, concrete, clear lines, delineations I would create, uh, you know, to be accepted by this group or to be accepted by that group. Um, I'm in a state of integration now, which feels really amazing, I must tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's sort of like you've become the, the synthesized person, you know, that you, when you were compartmentalized before, it sounds like now you are sort of living authentically. All of all of the bits and pieces that you are get to be in one place, and I'm right. sure that feels great. <laughs> no, it really does because honestly, I there was a time you know it started maybe ten years ago when I started on the, the spiritual quest that I felt that uh, people in that realm would judge me being a performer, and and I would separate the two, and, and usually not even you know, speak about what I did for a living. And, and of course, you know, for whatever reason, I, I carried some shame with that, which who knows why. I mean, I, I've done some pretty high-profile, amazing things in my career. Um, but, yeah, it was just my own judgment of myself that I feared, oh, you know, if, if, if people will see that I go out there and I'm, you know, dressed a certain way or sing a certain way, that I would be judged. I was, I was had a lot of fear 
which is ridiculous, of course, because ever since I've, I've really come into a state of integration, it's, it's more celebrated. I did that to myself. Nobody was judging me. It was, it was something we're gonna I, go I to, did to myself. Kimberly, I hate to interrupt you. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about fear and beliefs. Okay, great. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cyphers-Kamen on toginet.com. Season Me is on Toginet, a delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not-so-serious call-in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. You know Cease is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven, Gifted Hands, When a Man You Loved Was Abused, and many other books, as well as a mentor for writers. And Twyla Belk is an effervescent force known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. She's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on God. For more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy, that's P-H-E-Y dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Season Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcome. A chance to get everything out in the open. From questions about writing, to surviving sexual abuse, to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Season Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings at 8, 7 central on Togenet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 central on Togenet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the rock star marketing boot camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Lisa Cypress-Kamen, your host at Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here with Kimberly Trapp of My3Things.org, and we are going to start this segment with a little something-something that I had written last night, and I posted it on Facebook, and I'm getting some really great responses. So consider this. There is a difference between believing in yourself, believing yourself, and believing everything you think. And with that, I want to welcome you back, Kimberly, and let's talk about beliefs. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, immediately when you said that, that reminds me of the work by Byron Katie. Are you familiar with her work? I am. I am. Who are you without your story? <laughs> right. Exactly. Or in, in her four questions. And of course, the biggest one with beliefs is, is it true? Because mm. people tend to unconsciously believe every thought and emotion that comes into their experience. And they attach a judgment to it, which they perceive to be truth. Without really thinking, wow, is this a knee-jerk reaction? Is this a trigger? Am I perceiving something based on a filter of all the experiences I've had in the past, or am I looking at it with a clean slate and just taking it in? Mm. And I like to think of the taking it in and the emotion that arises from just taking it in, like the, the, the rise and fall of the ocean. The waves come in, the waves come out, and if I don't uh, assign a lot of value to it, then I become the observer. You know? Exactly. And it's choosing to become and cultivating enough awareness in yourself to be able to become an observer versus a persecutor. Mm. Oh, I like that, the persecutor. And how often do we persecute ourselves first before we even lash out to somebody else? We, we beat ourselves up for our thoughts and then the fears that arise from the thoughts and then we get tangled into this web and a loop that just doesn't get us where we want to go. Right, and how we treat ourselves, even if we don't believe it on the outside, is how we treat others. So if we find that we are, in a, you know, maybe have an aggressive personality or a short personality with, with others or an impatient personality or a judgmental personality, you can be assured that that is how you're treating yourself as well, even if you're not completely aware of it. So true. So true. And, it, you know, this may be a little bit complex for some people to perceive, but it is all projection. You know, how we treat others or how we oftentimes perceive others to be can be just a projection of what we're feeling inside and unable to articulate. So we put it right. externally. We place that reference in an external place. Oh, that person is um, difficult or mean or complicated when maybe they are, maybe they aren't, or maybe it's just a part of ourselves. Right. I mean, oftentimes we'll see something and point out something in others that we don't like that is really an unclaimed part of ourselves that we're not willing to open our eyes to. Otherwise, we would not recognize it, would we? True. It's not familiar. <laughs> right. Exactly. So and famili familiarity breeds contempt. So. <laughs> so let's cast away with the familiar and, you know, again, try to clean, you know, clean the, the mind and heart so that we can really perceive ourselves and each other with a, you know, in a state of love rather than in a state of, of fear, which is, of course, the uh, grandpappy of judgment and persecution and, and blame and shame and guilt. It all comes from uh, that state of being. Um, and, and, of course, what most people consider to be judgment is really persecution. It's putting someone else beneath you. And how could they be beneath you unless you're placing yourself above them? And that, of course, is not justice. Justice, uh, as stated in A Course of Miracles, justice is total. And if someone has to lose, it is not justice. Well, l let me ask you a question. But before I ask that question, hold that thought for one second. I want to open up the show for, for Colin. Um, if people out there have any interest in talking about uh, judgment, forgiveness, release, fear, 
call in. It's toll free. 877-864-4869. Again, 877-864-4869. Or we can go completely modern modality and you can send us something through Facebook at Harvesting Happiness. So let's let's talk a little bit about fear because fear is the root, I think, of all of the stuff that gets us in trouble. And that, that fear is the fear of the unknown and the fear of uh, I am out of control. I don't know what's going to come next. I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know how it's all going to turn out. And that gets us really stuck. Yes, it does. And, and really what is fear uh, more than it is um, fear? Fear is basically uh, trying to avoid pain. So fear arises. And people, and you know, we make choices based on that emotion because we're trying to avoid pain. And of course, what we put our energy on expands. So if the fear is the primary energy in our hearts and minds, of course, we're not avoiding pain, we're creating that pain by focusing on the fear. And, and we're really what we're looking for. You know, using our energy to, to watch out for and to look for those very things that we fear. And believe you me, if, if you look for it hard enough, you will find it. And if you don't find it, you're going to create it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll make it out of nothing. You know, you'll poof, you know, like a, like a fairy, like a magician. You're going to make it appear out of nowhere because well, <laughs> that's how powerful we are. I was, those were the very words that were coming out of my mouth when I was chuckling. It's because it comes down to really how powerful we really are. And that is, there's a quote that Marianne Williamson um, wrote that I'm sure many of us uh, know or we should know about, uh, you know, how, how, how dare we be so powerful? Who are we, you know, to be that? And I, I don't know it verbatim, maybe you do, but it really resonates for me because it comes down to knowing that we really are strong and we're mighty and we're powerful. Um, right. And we can really do anything we set out to do. And we do. I would take that further and say we do. At every moment in our experience, we are creating, whether we know it or not, whether we are accountable for it or not, we are creating at every moment. And again, if, if what you're focusing on is that which you fear, that's what you're choosing to create. Yeah. And uh, rather than... Uh, speaking in the metaphor we were talking about earlier about the waves, you know, when that, that, that fearful moment comes up, when something gives us the, I call it the uh-oh moment, right. instead of assigning the name tag to it, tagging it, oh, here's the fear, isn't that interesting? I'm feeling a little uneasy about this and then just letting it go choosing something else to take its place. Right. I mean, we're human, you know, so I don't, the, the emotions don't totally go away. It's our responses to the emotions when they are triggered. That matters. I mean, you know, we're not robots, you know. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to experience fear and we're going to experience anger, but it's what, you know, how we choose to respond to the emotions when they arise that defines the quality or lack thereof of our lives and uh, whether or not we have peace in our lives. I mean, I like to say that um, the residue of, of judgment is shame and guilt, while the residue of release is peace. And it's always our choice at every moment. And it's okay, you know, if 
say, you know, at two in the afternoon, you know, something occurs and and you are unconscious and, and you choose judgment, you know, don't persecute yourself for that either. You know, allow yourself to be on the path and just be aware of it. Say, oh, well, this is something that triggers me into a state of unconsciousness. And accept that about yourself and accept where you are and maybe set an intention for transformation. Be willing to have your perceptions shift. Hmm. I, I have this little deck of cards sitting next to me, and I have never used them on the show, and I'm going to use one now because they're calling to me. They're, they're these deck of cards that have these great um, conversation-provoking questions, and I just looked at them, and they looked at me, and so I'm going to go with, <laughs> with, my, with my intuition. I'm going to pick one, and I'm going to ask you a question from them. because Ooh, that sounds fun. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> th- th- this, Okay. Is it more difficult for you to speak kindly or honestly? Is, is this a question for me to answer? Yeah, this is, this is, this is our table it's, topic okay. card. <laughs> it's much more difficult for me to speak kindly. <laughs> In all honesty, and, and everyone who's listening that knows me, even a smidge, will agree with that. It's much more challenging for me to speak kindly. And, and, and also, in some circumstances, to integrate kindness into my honesty. Mm. One of my challenges uh, at this point in my life is defensiveness. And that is, uh, of course, born of, of, of fear, of course. Uh, and it's uh, an unconscious reflex of the ego to, to be defensive when, you know, you walk out into the world and perceive attack everywhere. Um, so it's definitely much more challenging for me to, to speak kindly than honest, honestly. Well, that was very honest of you. <laughs> hey, like I said, be the change you wish to see in the world, okay? So I'll, I'll just put it right out there. <laughs> well, it's interesting because one of our um, guests last month was a gentleman that runs the Kindness Center, Michael Chase. Yeah. And his whole, um, his whole reason for being, what he really lives for, is promoting the concept of kindness in everything that we do. That, you know, that we are consciously kind in our approach to ourselves, mm-hmm. in our approach to the world, and this changes lives. It's a, it's a very uh, powerful and simple concept. You know, he asked the question, am I being kind? Absolutely. I think that is an important question to ask because I don't think that one needs to choose honesty or kindness. I think that it is possible to have both. Uh, it is you know. definitely, definitely possible to have both. And it's uh, really kind of uh, what I like to call care frontation. And when we come back, we're going to go to a break right now. And when we come back, you know, we can continue talking about this for a second, this concept of being kind and honest at the same time and what that looks like. So we'll be back in a minute with Kimberly Trapp of My3Things.org. And uh, go run and get a cup of coffee. <laughs> we'll see you in a minute. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. 
Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Part of the Grateful Good. Join us on Wednesday, November 17th for a discussion with the Grateful Nation team. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everybody. We're back, as they say. Um, I'm here with Kimberly Trapp of My3Things.org, and Kimberly is working on a book and documentary film project about personal forgiveness. Kimberly, what is your goal for the project? What, what do you see? Where do you see yourself a year from now with this project? Well, I'm committed to the first edition of the book, uh, to collecting submissions for one more year. So we have a total of two years uh, for the collection process. So uh, in about a year, I'll be wrapping up the, uh, the first edition of the book, and, and my plans are to continue forward. So the website is open indefinitely for anyone who chooses to go on or even go on again. Uh, if they need release, and to name three things they're willing to forgive themselves for. So it is a resource that people can use in moving forward, uh, even after the first edition of the book is released, of course. And um, again, could you give us those websites to both to look at the general website and then specifically for the release work? Okay, the website is my3things.org, and the number three is spelled out, so it's M-Y-T-H-R-E-E, things.org and on the website is a on the tabs is the release tab so you go to the website and click on the release tab and that is where people can make a submission to be included in the book excellent i'm i'm gonna 
pay my visit there. I, I've got something in mind, so I'm, I'm going to stop by later. <laughs> oh, I, would, I would be honored. That, that would be wonderful. Fantastic. Um, I wanted to just do a little bit, uh, take a moment to do a little bit of an update on Harvesting Happiness for Heroes. Harvesting Happiness for Heroes is our new 501 uh, C3 nonprofit corporation where we are creating a curriculum for uh, military uh, service personnel and their families who are confronted with issues related to post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment reintegration issues. We are firing up our website live by next week. We are going to be offering our first workshop, residential workshop at the Sundance Resort in Sundance, Utah on October 15th, 2011. We are going to be opening the submission process up out to the public to apply for a full scholarship to participate in this workshop. We are uh, actively uh, recruiting corporate sponsorship to underwrite the event so we can offer the work, this very healing work, um, at no charge to the veterans. And this is a very, very, very exciting development. It is, you know, taking a vision that I've been working on for the last several months and setting it free out into the world and watch it flourish. And there's a lot of excitement. It's um, certainly very heartfelt and satisfying for me. It brings me a lot of joy. And I know that it will bring opportunity for a lot of people who are really confronted with some very serious issues after their military service to heal, to heal and flourish and realize that there is a big, bright, beautiful life ahead of these men and women who have uh, devoted their lives uh, and their energy and their courage and devotion to serving our country. Um, and we are non-political. We are non-religious. It's all about just offering an opportunity for healing. So um, I wanted to give the plug for that because it's something that's really exciting and is, is coming online very, very shortly. And I also wanted to Talk about your street team. You have, a, I guess, a team of people that do these man-on-the-street-style interviews for the film. And if people wanted to connect with you about being part of the video, uh, being videoed or taped for the documentary film, how would they do that? Well, people can contact me uh, via the website under on the share page, or they can email me directly at my3things at yahoo.com. Um, if people are interested in sharing the project with their colleagues and friends, or especially if people run support groups, uh, this, this is such a beneficial healing thing for people to participate in. So uh, I welcome those types of inquiries, and I send out packages of cards and T-shirts and postcards, bumper stickers, all kinds of fun merchandise uh, for anyone who cares to share this project with people they feel who would benefit from it. That's wonderful. And and the, the uh, film project is based in Atlanta. You did a tour of Colorado. And are, do you have plans to go to any other states to bring the war to any other places at this time? Well, right now we are still focusing on the book primarily, but our next city will be Orlando, Florida, and it will be more of a casting call than an impromptu uh, street team type situation. Um, we have a facility secured right now, and we're going to be doing a casting call probably over the summer uh, for Orlando, Florida. Fantastic. And this will be across all age group, gender uh, anybody, anybody who wants to come and, and share will be allowed to do so? Absolutely. 
This is wonderful. And do you have children? I'm very interested in what children respond to about personal forgiveness and release? Well, the issue with children is it would require, of course, parental consent for us to publish it. And oftentimes, unfortunately, we're not at the level at this point where uh, we can offer that because of the liability issues. (laughs) Because most of the times, you know, they're going to cite something involving their parents and the parent doesn't want their children to come forward with stuff like that. (laughs) So so we're really sensitive to the progression of my three things of the project and focusing on 18 and older uh, strictly based on liability issues. And it is my sincere hope that, you know, we will all grow together, the entire family of humanity, to the point where we will allow children to speak their truths without being censored. And it's so unfortunate that uh, because that's where, of course, censorship begins. It begins in childhood. And, uh, of course, we bring that and carry that into our adult lives. And uh, it would just be lovely if, if the, the world and each one of us as individuals could raise our children and allow them to speak their truths without being silenced or judged by primarily their parents. Well, you know, I have a, I have a teenage girl, and um, just it makes me think of the conversations that Kayla and I have, yes. and some of the things that she, outrageous things she says, not just <laughs> things, you know, <laughs> absolutely things she says to me and about me, and I uh, and I have a good giggle because we have a very open relationship, and but sometimes she will just zing me, you know? And I think, well, that's just part of her job of being 13. You know, I am aghast. I just take a deep breath and suck wind. I'm like, she really didn't just say that, that I'm uncool or I'm embarrassing or whatever it is that she says (laughs) on a daily basis. And, you know, in the moment that she really means it. And then I, I know that when she thinks about it later and I bring it up to her, like, do you really think I'm uncool? She'll be like, no, I just said that because, like, in that moment you were annoying me. And I thought, well, lucky her that she gets to be that authentic and just speak her mind and move on with her day. And that really is what we're talking about. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. And that reminds me of Don Miguel Ruiz's Four four Agreements, to not take anything personally. That's one of his agreements, and, and to not make assumptions. And I really don't. If my son stumps off or does something like that, I know he's dealing with his own ego, and I allow him the space to do it. Um, I try my best to not, you know, behave in a tyrannical manner that you're not allowed to be upset, you're not allowed to be sad, you're not allowed. I, I really do my best at every moment to allow a space for his, his feelings and allow him to release them. Um, even if they are perceived to be against me, I don't take it personally. He's on his own path completely apart from me and just sharing a space with me for a time. Yes. Yeah, they are and just passing through. That is for sure. They're just passing through. And <laughs> I allow it. And I allow it. And, and a lot of times it's also a mirror for me. It's something for me to look at and, and uh, do the Byron Katie thing. Is that true? Is that something I need to look at in myself? Because I believe that uh, the universe does speak through our children and, and we're here to grow. It doesn't stop when we reach adolescence uh, or once we turn 18, the growth, God willing, uh, doesn't end. In fact, perhaps increases at a deeper level as we age. So I, t- <laughs> I tend to be open if my son is, uh, you know, critical of me. I think the most critical thing he's said of me at this point, he is only 12, but is that I'm really sensitive. <laughs> okay. I am sensitive, but you know, there's a yin and yang to that. It, it allows me to have a deep level of, of empathy and compassion for others, but it also allows me to be, to be triggered and, and jerked by my own emotions more easily. So, you know, it is what it is. There's an isness to all things, as Eckhart Tolle says. 
Oh, that's a, that's a good quote. Yeah, like that. it's just the isness. Allow the isness without judgment. So, and that of course is is a parallel with with our ideology with my three things to just release judgment to allow and accept yourself as you are and to love yourself and to know that you've done the best you could at every step of your life and that your only goal should be to really gain greater awareness Mm. to gain further awareness and and choose wisely in the ways uh we show up for for ourselves and for others absolutely be accountable be accountable for how we show up absolutely accountable and, and conscious. And that's not always easy because we, we, we come from families that don't always model the most productive behaviors. And at the same time, we still have a choice uh, in, in how we continue to perpetuate the cycle or not. Right. I mean, I would also mention what you mentioned before with your prior guest is kindness. You know, that's always a, cho- a choice as well. Uh, you know, to extend kindness, to do unto others as you would have done unto you, and then to remember that everybody has a degree of suffering in them. Everybody is battling their ego, and that, that if someone, you know, you're perceiving that you're being attacked or looked at the wrong way even, or somebody cut you off on the side of the road, don't take it so personally. You know, realize that they're on their own journey, and who knows, maybe they're racing to the hospital because one of their loved ones is injured. I mean, you just really don't know. You, know, it's that you never inner, know. You, know, you, you never, never know. know. And you never know. Judge, and that, you know, it's the judge yeah. that creates that reality for us. Kimberly, this has been a wonderful hour. Thank you for coming to share your heart and your passion with us, my3things.org. And I'm going to just share with you a couple of thoughts before we part. And that mm-hmm. is happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Happiness is, in fact, an inside job. Thank you for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, your host, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. And go out and have a fabulous day, everybody, and we will connect next week. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you. It was a pleasure having you. And um, thank you to my gals behind the scenes, Carrie and Robin, that always make this day one of my favorite of the week. Big hugs. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togetax.